Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by the biggest one-hour run fan there is now. It's Gordon Mack. Wow. I Yeah, I'm a huge one-hour run fan. Uh, I'm, it's so crazy to be a fan of something I've never done in my life. You know, it's just like I've never done an hour. That's kidding. I think I ran an hour a couple times in college being a 400-meter runner. But, you know, I respect it. It is weird, man, watching a one-hour race. It's kind of like what's the point of even watching the first 50 minutes? <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. I mean, you could say that about a marathon as well, right? Mm. But especially in this situation where it really isn't like – Oh, who's going to win? I mean, on the women's side, it was like that, but it's all set up for certain people. So, like, the dynamics of a marathon where you're, like, waiting to see who drops isn't really mm-hmm. as uh, interesting in this situation because we know, like, it's going to be these two in the end. Just wait till the five minutes to go and see what happens. Yeah, it's almost an invitation to tune in late. The women's race, though, since the world record was so easy, they ran away from the hologram on the first lap and then we never saw the hologram again but luckily it was a good you're right it was a good race between Hassan and Kozgai and then you're just waiting for them to fire the one minute to go gun and wonder is this still the same Safan Hassan and then okay yeah that's about right what'd you think of the hologram first of all hologram on for those who didn't see it they had a little what what who, didn't they do that with Tupac they brought Tupac on mm-hmm, to a mm-hmm. concert stage yeah. so you could watch a Tupac concert yeah. now we get to see the ghost of different runners world record paces on the track in an animate animated form what are your thoughts on that i liked it i mean for the men that's what kept me interested in the first 55 minutes it got good the last five minutes because mofair's training partner bashir abdi went and took the lead from him and i didn't think okay he's gonna break him because we've watched Farah run on the track before we know that's just what he does but in the middle i was tuning in back and forth and oh they're a little bit in front oh they're a little bit behind otherwise you would have no idea it's just so hard to keep track of, yeah. of the paces. I mean, I it, it worked for me. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it worked. I thought it was a good visual. Um, I mean, those things are only really necessary for events that are marketed for world record attempts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that digital shadow is worthwhile in like an Olympic final. One thing that might be kind of cool though is they turn that ghost into like the cutoff of like time qualifiers mm, mm. that might be kind of interesting you're like all right especially in the 5k right because there's two heats and they're all trying to get to that final it would be cool to have like all right this is 
the time qualifier that you need to be faster than in order to qualify at large. Yeah. That might be kind of cool. Yeah, I felt like the hologram upstaged the lights. I was all ready to give all my attention and praise to the lights, but we didn't really talk about the lights. We talked more about the hologram out there because uh, it was easier to follow, easier to see. For the men, well, I guess for the women too, although we didn't see her very long, Haley Gebrselsi was in lane three the entire time. Um, chilling out there, and he was just always bad strategy right there. <laughs> Running out in lane three, he was just he was just looming out there. He was just waiting, and you're waiting for him to to make his his kick. What would have been interesting, and if they did this did this again, it would be it, like because I thought for a while at about the in the mid 30s they were off pace by a couple meters, and I thought, oh, this might be kind of fun if entering the last minute, Pharaoh's behind him, and then you get to see him outkick the hologram that would be that would be cool because you know farah can close and you got to assume they just did even pace for gebra selassie but i thought it, it, it made it interesting um i also think farah might have found his best event right now and it's too bad because it's the only time it's going to be run probably for the rest of his career yeah do you see at the end he he kept going he did <laughs> he ran like an hour and like 12 seconds i was like dude you're done and he's just like still going i think he just visually the gun went off and he visually wanted to do a full lap so i think he was running to get to the that 200 meter mark yeah, but yeah it was kind of funny well shout out to the guy behind him who got lapped at the right time i don't know if you saw him his face almost lit up of like oh man there's only 30 seconds left and Farrah's right here. I'm going to get in this finish shot. And he took off and was just had the biggest smile on his face the whole way uh, down that backstretch. He's going to tell his great grandkids one day, son, I outkicked. Well, I didn't outkick, but I kicked down the great Mo Farah yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. That's going to be his claim to fame. Well, I think he actually was in front of Abdi. I mean, he was behind Abdi, but he got himself in between there with his last little kick there. Abdi... Uh, got the 20K world record, though, because he was actually in front at, at 20K, uh, for all you 20K world record um, fans out there. The women's race did have some controversy, though, because Costco... Wait, first of all, go ahead. Wait, the 20K, do you think that was on purpose? Those little handshake deal with the training partner? Hey, you can have the 20K record. I'm going to get the hour record. No, I didn't think about that. Uh, I think it was. Okay. I think it was a handshake deal. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, it's funny because you can get the photo finish of the 20K on the website, but that was not the end of the race. So they're just like running through it like normal. Uh, I'm trying to look at Abby's final final distance here because Farrah went a, a grand total of 21,330. So he got it by I mean, 15 meters. That's pretty <laughs> – after an hour of running, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, Abby's total was – 21 322 so abdi only was eight meters back so abdi would have also been under it as well um women's race though do you want to talk about the dq before we get to that can we talk a little bit about this men's race well actually i did i, oh, you I did my math wrong sorry 330 be 15 be 45 meters he beat him by sorry yeah, yeah. go ahead yes so i looked up I don't know where the top five lists are for the 15K track, 10-mile track, 20K track, half marathon track, marathon track, 5K road, 25K road. But I have everything else. Mm -hmm. So, Gebra Selassie now, third best 5K track. Uh, this is Gebra Selassie. Third best 5K, second best 10K. I'm not sure where he is in the 20K track. 
He has now the third best hour. He has the fourth best 15K road. He still has a 10-mile road record. Mm -hmm. He's still there. Uh, And that's it. So he's fallen off. He's fallen off the record books. Is is this era of Cheptekai and Pharaoh doing these weird races gonna erase the Geber Selassie era? Well, yes, it looks like it. And now Cheptekai might just erase Bekele. You and Lincoln talked about it in the pod yesterday with the 10K. We could we could you know in another year we could have no Bekele and no Geber Selassie amongst any of the of the world records, which would just be insane if you told me that coming into the year. That's just uh yeah. No, I agree. That's a good point. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's also interesting that we have way too many distance records. Five K, ten K, fifteen K, ten mile, twenty K, half marathon, one hour, twenty five K, thirty K, marathon, and then do it all again on the road. It's just like, come on. Yeah. Too many events. Just pick one race. Yeah. No, I agree. And then the intermediate the intermediate uh records are are tough to tough to track, tough to get behind as well too. Um can we talk about the women's race now? Or unless you yeah, or do, do you want it? Do you want to talk about Mo Farah's petition to World Athletics to add this to the Olympics next year? Oh, that, that you got that scoop? Yeah, yeah. You're I breaking just, that I just, breaking news. I got a text. Got a text. I'm not going to drop my phone this time. Um, I mean, is there a better event right now for Mo Farah? Like you could argue this is his best event because clearly he's in the marathon is not his jam because of what Kipchoge is doing there and what Bekele is doing there. Chapter guys in the 10K, so you need something in between. And if that something involves the track, it's going to be better for – he just looks so at home in those last few minutes of like, ah, yes, I haven't been here in a couple of years, but this is my domain. This is this is like the perfect spot for him, I think. Is Farrah going to enter the half marathon championships in October? I, not sure. Good question. Because that would be good for him. I mean, it's the same distance basically. No, but I, he, he like lives on the track. Yeah, that, you know what? he has like that, that visual cues that he gets of like knowing. All right, I know this hundred meter. Mm-hmm. I know I I can run all my segments in hundred meter increments. Whereas on the road, it just looks far and yeah. long. You don't really know physically when to push yourself or hold back. I thought it would yeah, be. I, I would. I thought it would have been hilarious if they're ahead of schedule with like three minutes to go. But then he just decides he really wants to win and just slams on the brakes and the record just goes completely out of it. But he gets the win. <laughs> yeah yeah i got the win that that had been a very fair uh, way to do it um no no surprise uh that the women's world record went down but hassan did have a, a tough race on her hands with bridget koskai but you know there's a reason koskai is a marathon runner and safan hassan's really good in the 10k and you saw that in the last minute um and then there was the dq as well too which i think there should be no rules in a one hour race i think you should just get to do whatever you want that's the <laughs> And, like, part of my brain was thinking, is it illegal? Because it's not a – you're not – you can't cut short time. Well, she stepped right? on t- – You can cut short distance, but you can't cut short time. The video I saw, she stepped on top of the rail too, which I read the rule, and that's against the rules as well too. But my interpretation of the rule is if you can step on the top of a track rail and not break your ankle – it should be no harm, no foul. You should get to stay in the race. No DQ. That's very hard to do. And not fall down going that speed? Well, it's just like 
you are there's there's I, I don't see in any world where there was a competitive advantage. No. No, I don't. Right? No. Let's just like like do we really think one inch over an hour of running is like gonna affect an outcome or a record? It's just like stupid. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They need to get rid of DQs. DQs are all stupid. Just let people play. <laughs> well, man. it's tough because run. then it's like, well, what's the slippery slope? It's like, are they? Can she do that on the curb? Then can you take one step? Can you take two steps? Can you take three steps? It just, I get why you need to have it. And Tim Hutchings in the broadcast was talking about how you got to have empathy with your record or with your rules. And I'm like, I don't think that's necessarily the the best guiding principle for rules is empathy. Um, I think you have to kind of draw a line in the sand and say this is what it is, and we have to enforce it regardless. But it's awful. I mean, imagine if she won. Imagine if she won the race and got the world record. Yeah. And then in a one-hour race, took one step on top of the rail and got DQ'd. That would have been – we would have had to talk a lot more about that than we are now. So I'm thankful. Yeah, I just feel like we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, <laughs> the, the DQ rules should be thrown out. You know, like, everyone should be given, like, three false starts. <laughs> like, we, are we really going to have rules during this time? Like, there's no one – like, come on. It's not real sport. They – they canceled the window of qualifying. So why are we upholding stupid ass DQ rules that have no impact on anything? Yeah, yeah. Like zero. Like it's not like you're someone is getting screwed over by her stepping on the rail. You're, you're saying it should be all these calls should be like judgment calls. There should be no hard yeah. and fast rule. They should have like a committee. They should call Secaucus, New Jersey. And they should be looking at the video monitor to determine whether or not an advantage was gained, basically. Right? Yeah, like the way you ref an NBA game. Everything is subjective. They don't call fouls equally. Everything's a foul and everything's not a foul. Mm-hmm. Like they should we need to get we need to hire the NBA refs. They're not gonna have anything to do mm-hmm. because their seasons is all shifted. But we need to have the NBA refs come in and be the meet directors and to ref a track meet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think NBA refs need to become meet officials. That's what that's what we need. It's a good takeaway. Speaking of the NBA, last night when I saw that shot, you know who I thought of? Oh God, sorry. Jacob Ingebrigtsen gets a win. He runs three thirty. Timothy Chariot wasn't there, but he, still an impressive run to run three thirty, doing it all by yourself, and not great pacemaking in front of him. Although he did have three pacers, which was. Uh, Helpful by the meat director. I'm sure they appre- he appreciated having three pacers, but the first one still went out in, in 52. But Jakob held it together. Easy win, 330. He's just knocking thing knocking these things out right now, Gordon. They were saying on the broadcast that this likely is his final race as a teenager. He turns 20 on September 19th, mm. so that's in 15 days. Okay. What a what a. What an era of teenage Ingebrigtsen. What are, your, what are your thoughts of the teenage Ingebrigtsen era? Man, he got a lot done. And I'm glad you told me that. So now we, we don't need the modifier anymore. Teenager, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, ran this, that, and the other. It's been remarkable. I, I still remember a couple years ago, Peyton Jordan, it was considered an upset when he beat Paul Chalimo and Centro in a 1500. And now <laughs> we seem so far away from that. That would not – he's the second best 1500-meter runner in the world, and he's certainly somewhere in the top five, I'd say, of 5,000-meter runners in the world, and he's not even 20. So I, I'm just saying thing with Mondo, who also was in this meet and also uh, performed really well, cl- cleared six meters again. Kind of similar things going on with Mondo and Jakob, where like they've just 
they've set the bar so high for themselves. Like Mondo cleared six, and it was like just expected. Literally yeah. set the bar high. But like Mondo clears six, and you're just used to him doing six, and then he took three shots at six fifteen, which would be the outdoor world record. Didn't get it, and you're like, okay, that's about right. That's about where he should be right now. And that's the same thing with Jakob. It's like three thirty, no competition. All right, seems about right. That's it. That's incredible considering their ages. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it's kind of getting boring in a weird way. Like his his talent is getting a little boring because before it was exciting because it's a young guy like doing these great things, uh, lacing it up against the best in the world. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of just like it's like giving not, not but like whenever LeBron James scores thirty and ten. Mm-hmm. And 10, it's kind of like, okay. But, like, if a rookie does 30, 10, and 10, everyone's going wild, yeah, right? Yeah. So, it's uh, he's he's basically turned – his talent has basically turned him into just – he's made greatness boring, which is really hard to do mm-hmm. because that means you have to do it over and over again. Yeah. And you have to be, like, you know – I don't know if I'm making myself clear. Does that make sense? What yeah. I'm trying to say, though. Yeah, no, 100. Yeah. percent The other that's a good like, like slogan for like an apparel, like a Nike or Adidas. Make greatness boring. <laughs> it's just you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. where you just like you're so good. Like this is what you do. We're talking about this isn't amazing. This is what I do every day. Yeah, I feel make greatness boring. I, I should trademark. I feel that. like, and again, I don't want to bring this back to a certain game and a certain play and a certain player (laughs) but i think of a certain nba player when i think of boring yeah that that might work faith kipiegon almost we almost got three world records in here gordon almost got three just missed that women's 1k record uh ran 229 it was slower than she was at monaco but you know monaco's a fast track so i'm not entirely surprised that the distance races were the the men's 15 of the women's 1K weren't as quick, but she went and she ran 229.92, um, obviously in very good shape as well. Any other highlights? The sprint events didn't really feature any A-listers out there. No, no other highlights. I mean, just thinking about, it's weird watching track, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The season's just been really weird, and now I'm all thinking about cross country mm-hmm. uh i started doing some sleuthing on the internet to look at um big 12 acc and sec cross country teams who are competing this season and looking at their schedules and they have like there's gonna be like a bunch of cross country meets in like the september like 19th weekend mm-hmm. which is weird and they're all like hosted by sec acc and big 12 schools and it's like weird how like right now we would be getting this would be the opening weekend for cross country like this is when you know NAU would be doing their their run at Buffalo Park right Colorado would be doing some race against Colorado State and it's just like just thinking about what could have been and it makes me think about it because you know you sound like football's coming back you sound like Lincoln man you're just bumming me out I thought this was no I'm not recording on the podcast well, what is this. Yeah, I know. Well, football's coming back, man. Big Ten. They're looking at – they're having cold feet right now. We got, have you been following the reports? We got – no, I'm laser. We had two world records. Why am I focused on football? We have very important track races going on, and you're talking to me about cross country. 
we did have two world records, but they're two world records that Mo Farah returned real. to the track. Mo, they're not real Farah records. Returned to the track. They're not real records. Let's be honest. He's still fast. Still fast. It's still fast. It's impressive, but like, just run a half marathon. I'd rather have. If you want to run a, I'm run a half marathon. I'm not going to complain about it though. It's better than nothing. And you're worried about nothing and about cross country meets. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's get it together here. Let's focus. Okay. Let's focus. Um, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm, I'm focused. Well, do you want here? Here's something that's in between cross country and track. You want something that's in between cross country and track? Sure. What me. about a cross country runner running on the track right now? Okay. Who's that? Okay. Whitney Orton. What does she do? There's a twist. Okay. With dribbling a basketball. Ooh, basketball world record. Basketball world record, 452.71, according to Isaac Wood, who has a very accurate stopwatch. In the mile. In the mile, Gordon. That betters Sidney Massarelli's existing basketball mile world record uh, by several seconds. So she's the, she's the first uh, woman under five history. History. Yeah, well – I don't want to see her running the fastest basketball mile ever. I want to see her running the farthest distance she can cover for five minutes while dribbling a <laughs> basketball. That's what I want to see. The farthest distance she can run for five minutes while dribbling a basketball. Like, they need to do that next week. And then we just need to change it up. Do a six-minute run, like a seven-and-a-half. Let's do a a pie where you just run the distance of 3.14 and do something. I don't okay. know. That's cross country. This is just me of. showing my ridiculousness that track has gotten to. Literally, we have way too many distance records: five k, ten k, fifteen k, ten mile, twenty k, half marathon, one hour, twenty five k, thirty k. It's just like twenty mile. Check out. It's check out the progression though of the women's basketball mile. Okay. Okay. Because I'm it? looking at this mile split article, and before Massarelli, apparently Lauren Johnson had the record. She ran at five a five sixteen. She did that earlier this year. Then in July, uh, Massarelli runs a, let's see, 508. And then you have what Orton did today with that 452. So, I mean, 5, 518 or 516 down to 452. This is like the golden era of basketball miling right now. What's the men's record? The uh, held by it was the the UNC assistant coach, right? Yeah, what did he run? Four thirty. He ran fast. Four thirty something. Yeah, let me look it up. Um, basketball. <laughs> Google it. I'm sure that'll pop up here. I feel like he was four thirty four thirty seven. Okay. Do you think the most? So Whitney Orton only fifteen seconds behind the overall record. Pretty impressive. <laughs> Do you think? The fittest NBA basketball player could run faster than that while dribbling? No. No. That's a crazy question. You don't think so? No. The fit, like, the who, there's got to be a basketball player out there who can run a fast mile. There's nobody in the NBA right now who can run a 437 mile. Even without a basketball, there's nobody in the NBA who can run a 437 mile right now. Oh, I disagree with well, that. Okay, one, Joel Embiid, because he's had a lot of rest. <laughs> he's had a ton of rest this year. No, there's definitely a basketball player who can run a 437 mile. A lot of them are very tall. So you like, you exclude most of the league just because they're enormous. And then you, you think like 
I don't know, healthy John Wall, Russell Westbrook, John Morant, anything they can run. I mean, four, you forget, 440, 440 takes some training. Now, if you want to put the caveat with training, well, then I don't know. But, like, right now, on this day, no. Nobody's running 437 in the NBA. Sorry. But you may seem like basketball players are sitting on their butt eating bacon double cheeseburgers. They're not. They're, they're like not, training they're not, hours every day. They have endurance. They're not doing repeat 400s. 437 is quick. 437, you can't roll out of bed and just do a 437. Yeah, but you also can't roll out of bed and practice with the best basketball players in the world that's basketball every day it's bas- there's no basketball olympics gordon we're talking about a dr- <laughs> there is basketball olympics <laughs> we're, we're talking is. about running a mile here flow track podcast at gmail.com this has a, been an ongoing debate for a while how fast do you think the fastest nba player could run a mile i know north carolina when they do their training camp they run a mile and a, a bunch of people run under five and alan iverson said back in the day he ran some fast time i don't think anybody in the nba right now could run a 437 i'm just gonna say it even without a basketball Okay, is an NBA player closer to 437 versus you closer to scoring five points in an NBA basketball game? Yeah, there's no. I couldn't score a point in an NBA basketball game. That's a ridiculous comparison. You couldn't score a point. You could. No one. You couldn't score a point. Dude, you could get lucky, hit a three for sure. They left you open. They're not gonna. Yeah, well, they're gonna leave you open. What? No. Yeah, there's a zero percent chance. No, zero, zero point zero 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 one percent chance of me scoring an NBA basketball game. There's a much high yes, there's a much higher chance of an NBA basketball player running a four thirty seven mile than me scoring a single point in a basketball game. They would block. You really think it's that hard to score a point in a basketball game? I don't think it's. Do you realize how tall they are and how high they can jump? They could leave me open, and by the time I release the ball, someone's jumped from across the court. You make it seem like. There's people in the NBA who are like six foot who can score baskets, can hit jump shots. Yeah, because they're good at shooting a basketball. I'm not. Like, I would need at least like 10 open shots to probably get one close. They would run across. If, if, if I was wide open, it would be tough. And if I was guarded in any way, shape, or form, it would be close to impossible. It would be basically impossible. I don't think you've ever st- – have you ever know, stood man. next to somebody who's 6'7"? Do you know anybody who's 6'7"? You know how yeah. tall that is? I want it's it's tall. No, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, it's not yet to score. You have to you don't have to go one for one. Like, you got to go one for like fifteen. Let's you could do so that. So you're saying in this hypothetical situation, you're playing all 48 minutes of a basketball game. Is that what you're saying? 36. Okay, 36. so you're playing 36 minutes of a basketball game, and they're they they're playing defense like they would on any normal basketball player, or what? Like you're just on. They're playing defense on the. Sixers. They're playing. They're, they're reading you. They're like, all right, looking at your strengths and your weaknesses. They just see a lot of weaknesses, so yeah. they're going to probably leave you open, which then could be your strength because, hey, more open shots. And you can hit an open shot. I guess if you are completely wide open because your first – so the strategy is you miss your first couple shots so poorly, and then you hope somebody else on the team gets hot, so they just say, okay, we're just doubling that guy, and we'll leave Mac open. And then you yeah. get lucky. Yeah, there's a – one percent chance that that would happen, but one percent? No, yeah. dude. The time it takes even to like catch the ball and release it for mere mortals like you and I, compared to what they do in the NBA, they could close out on us real quick. If they just didn't guard us, if they treated us like a little kid, then maybe then you're just like shooting wide open. But that doesn't. What does that prove? I don't know what that proves. If you're sh- shooting w- wide open in an NBA game, it doesn't prove anything. You could draw a foul. <laughs> Draw a foul, man, I and then you get to the line. Foul. They would just <laughs> sure they could. would just take the. 
if you put the ball on the floor, they would take it from you. So there's no. <laughs> you are vastly underestimating the athleticism uh, of NBA basketball players. I just want to say that. Anyway. Yeah. And you're over. You're Sorry. overrating their endurance, and you're underrating their their skills. Defensive. Okay. We. I want to talk about one more thing before we go. Okay. There's Continental Tour on Sunday, live on Flow Track in Salisa. I want to run through a couple names here for you. Of course, the throws are going to be good. Danny Stahl, Powell Fayek. But the women's 1500 features Laura Muir, who's run 357 this year, just a couple seconds off her lifetime best. She's the favorite in that race in the women's 100. You have Daphne Shippers. And then the men's 800, pretty strong field there as well. Adam Schott, Marcin Lewandowski, Ferguson Chariot. Um, some pretty some pretty strong runners here in this kind of in-between part of the season. There's a couple Diamond Leagues left. Uh, we've had a few that have uh, completed. What are your What are you most looking forward to here? I'm guessing it's Mira in the 1500. Yeah, Mira in the 1500. Looks like for the 800. Uh, uh I mean, there's no Donovan Brazier, but, you know, they might put together something kind of interesting. Wesley Vasquez is in there. I'm sneakily a big Wesley Vasquez fan. Ooh, explain. Uh, I just like the, you know, he's kind of like everyone counts him out, but I feel like he's going to be counted out, and then there's going to be that moment mm-hmm. when it just works, where he goes out in 48 and he <laughs> holds it, and it just works. And it's like, it's a, it's like a, what's his name? When Boss won. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. And no one saw that coming. I feel like he could have his boss moment and maybe win in like one of the next four championships. Mm-hmm. Why not? If he stays healthy, I mean, the best don't always win, yeah. right? Well, maybe so, he'll, yeah, maybe he'll get a dub this this weekend. He is like the ignition switch to a lot of these eight hundred meter races. He gets the thing going, and then people scramble to fall behind him. So that'll be that'll be a fun one to watch. As we mentioned, Mir going in that. In that 1500, she's another one who doesn't need a lot of help to get the pace going. So I'm excited to see what she does in this race. Obviously, she's in peak form right now, having already run 357 this year. She's also run several races in in 2020. So pretty pretty excited to see what she does there. What else we got, Gordon? Any last words before? This is a late pod. I know you and Lincoln recorded a 30-minute pod yesterday. That was not an intentional 30-minute recording. This will be like an intentional 30-minute recording, though. Yeah, for those listening, uh, Lincoln does know how to click record on his computer. Twice. He literally... He, I had to edit it to make it make it sound normal, which my it probably awkwardly just ended. And you're like, it did. why did that just? It end? did, and then it yeah. clicked over to the next pod. When I was listening, it clicked over like to the next podcast, like mid sentence. I said, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, but uh, he missed. He turned off the recording mid pod. Then he turned it back off, and then he turned off the recording near the end. So like there was misses the end and it misses the middle. So I had to combine it. Um, wow. Yeah. All right. So wait, did technology and like. Technology and Lincoln don't go well together. Did you guys talk for longer than that? Like, did you wrap up the episode properly? Okay, yeah. So, what else did you guys talk about then? I forget, oh. man. I forget. But Lincoln and technology doesn't go well. Do you want to hear a fun story about Lincoln? When he first got a job at FlowTrack, he did not know how to use a computer. <laughs> I am not kidding when I say that. He never owned a computer. He was like, did not know how to use a Mac. Literally, 
he's going to get mad. He's not going to listen, so he's not going to know I'm calling him out like this. Oh, is this a Control-C, Control-V story? Yeah, he does. He didn't know that Control-C, like Apple-C and Apple-P is a thing. Control-C, Control-P. He For his entire life on a computer, every time he wants to copy and paste something or cut and paste something, he selects it, goes to the upper <laughs> corner, selects copy, then goes back and clicks paste. He does, know, does not know Control-C, Control-V, yeah. which is like... Mind-boggling. He finally learned it by age 29. Luckily, he knew it before he turned 30. But, like, that was... So, think about that. So, then there was a lot of other things, like, you know, just... Yeah. Technology and Lincoln. He was used to, like... I, th- I think... Maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like he brought, like, a pen and paper to, like, the first few meetings. Because mm-hmm. he was just, like, used to working with paper. And I was like, dude, man. Gotta get, gotta get on the internet. Luckily, he learned how to use a computer in time before the pandemic. He had, like... Like a three, four year build up to learn how to use a computer. He he brought the pen and paper to the meeting because he wanted to copy down, so that way he could paste it later. He could remember what he deleted on his spreadsheet and then type it in later. I like I like pen and paper too sometimes, but I, you're right. The whole Control C thing was last year, so he had had use of computer for. <laughs> I had witnessed him have a computer for a couple of years up to that point, so I I don't know what younger Lincoln did, but by that point he had been a computer for several years and was learning. Uh, one-on-one stuff. It was uh, it was a sight to behold, especially your reaction to his comment about it was probably even better than his comment. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lincoln and technology, they, they go hand in hand. It's like the odd yeah. couple. That's what it is. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. Short episode recapping Brussels, but we'll be back on... Wait, are we recording Monday? It's Labor Day. Probably not. We're recording Tuesday next week. So we'll dive into all the stories. we got some world record attempts going on next week that we can talk about start geared up for the london marathon more diamond leagues etc etc thanks everybody for joining flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is our email address we'll talk to you guys soon go flyers